Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of April 12th, 2022, and episode number 511. And this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. And uh, welcome, everybody, who is in chat. We've got a little late start tonight due to some uh, technical issues. My computer almost threw it out the window, uh, if I could fit it. Uh, it felt like the 1990s. It took my computer like 15 minutes to restart. But uh, you can't be too safe with viruses and things floating around. I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about computer viruses. So keep your computer clean. Tonight, we're going on a world journey. It's, uh, I mean, every week we, we go all over the world, but tonight... We're going everywhere. We're going to uh, our, our one of our favorite countries, Scotland. Yes, you know what's coming. Uh, we'll be going to, uh, let's see, uh, Papua New Guinea. We're going to be going to, uh, let's see, Africa. Uh, where else? Uh, where? And uh, we got everything cut. Well, man, not everything covered tonight. No ghost news that uh, yet. Who knows? Maybe something will pop up during the show. It's happened before. But we got uh, plenty of cryptid and UFO action for you tonight, as well as a new discovery out there in space. Uh, a pretty interesting story that, uh, I don't know, some people are saying is a government cover-up, but they're the ones that came out with the information. So I'm not sure how that one works, but uh, we'll kick it off. With cryptid news, as we do each and every week here on the show. And one of the, uh, I don't know if it's your favorite, but uh, one of the favorites of the show. Not that I believe in this creature or follow this creature that well. It's just always in the news one way or the other. And that, of course, is the Loch Ness Monster, the world's favorite cryptid. No, I know that's Bigfoot. Uh, but uh, not a whole lot of Bigfoot stuff in the news, except for uh, a stolen statue, which that seems like it's all the time. Uh, at least once a month, I read a story about a stolen Bigfoot statue somewhere in the United States. I don't know, keep Stop stealing stuff. Just leave it alone. It's not yours. Keep your paws off. And buy your own or make your own. You can do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to go to Scotland home of Loch Ness and the Loch Ness Monster. And last week, we talked about the first official sighting of the Loch Ness Monster. It was, uh, yeah, due to that, uh, uh, or I should say through the awful, horrible webcam that looks out near uh, Urquhart Castle uh, from a hill through a potato and a jar of petroleum jelly. Uh, that sighting was, of course, overturned by Gary Campbell. If you turned into the show, uh, Gary Campbell, the uh, owner and keeper of the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, 
uh, kicked it out. No longer the official first one. Uh, a pair of paddleboarders claimed that they were in the area at the time of the sighting. But uh, a pair of guys who were in town to do some research for a documentary uh, saw what they claimed to be a large creature coming out of the lock on March 30th. The lake, lock, same thing. Uh, they managed to take a photograph of a disturbance of the water. But uh, it could have been caused by the wind or even fish. There's a lot of speculation. They claim they saw something, but a couple of guys who make pretty much their living behind a camera uh, weren't actually able to take any kind of picture, which is kind of fishy, if you ask me. Uh, Pun intended. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's... it goes to the old thing where people say, well, everyone's got a camera. How come nobody has a picture of Bigfoot? How come nobody has a picture of the Loch Ness Monster? Uh, how come, you know, we don't have pictures of, of all this stuff? Well, um, you know, having a camera or a phone, everyone has a phone in their back pocket or their front pocket somewhere with them. Uh, but seeing something and, and being able to get your camera out quick enough to film it. Uh, is a totally different thing, especially something unexpected and shocking like that. It's a, a far different than, uh, you know, a couple having an argument in a Walmart, something like that, that you can just, uh, you have a little bit of time to whip out your camera and put it into video mode. It's a little different. And then I've uh, had moments where I've been hiking or walking and something kind of runs out. I've had a, a fox run out in front of me and standing there staring at it, staring at me, and I'm like, why am I not taking a picture of this thing? And by the time you get the camera out, it's gone. So we don't always uh, react with that. Uh, but sometimes, depending upon that technology, uh, we may have that happen for us. Uh, in the case of the Loch Ness Monster, uh, an English tourist named Tom Ingram was aboard the Spirit of Loch Ness sightseeing. Uh, on the boat on April 4th when he spotted something on the sonar. So the uh, all these boats, especially the Spirit of Loch Ness, I forget how many they have. Uh, there's a number of uh, screens on those boats. Uh, so if you're sightseeing, you could either you know, look toward the hills or watch the water, enjoy the scenery, uh, look for things, or you could just sit there and stare at a TV screen uh, full of color. And apparently that's what uh, Tom is doing, staring at the sonar screen. And he uh, spotted a small white blob on the screen, which became the center of attention and has become now the second official sighting of the Loch Ness Monster for 2022. Yes, you can officially see something that you don't actually see, if that makes any sense. Um, So we just saw a little white blob and... Uh, If you're in the chat room, I'll put a picture of that sonar capture, if I can find it here. Uh, There it is. Just a little color. That's all it is, a little blob. Uh, Anybody who's used sonar before, it's kind of an art form sometimes when you're disseminating the information that you're seeing on the screen, depending upon what type of technology you see. So the... uh, 
keeper of the Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, Gary Campbell, who again uh, runs that thing. He says, uh, while this small white blob on the sonar is uh, significant, he said, uh, quote, sonar will always pick up shapes. But whatever was there was sitting at about 120 meters deep, uh, 68 meters above the bottom, uh, was in a place where you wouldn't expect any fish. There's nothing alive. Fish that we know about in Loch Ness are either close to the top, swimming towards the nearest river, or they are Arctic char right down at the bottom. Uh, There are a lot of eels in Loch Ness, and normally they're along the bottom as well. If you get something that lights up like that on the sonar within that range, we would consider it isn't something that you can easily identify. The brightness of the contact, from my understanding, means it's picking up something that is animate. Uh, These factors all together persuade us that there was something there, and we don't know what it was. Uh, What we always hope is that someone would go over the same spot five or ten minutes later, and if there's nothing there, we would know it's something that has moved on. Obviously, that wasn't possible for this man who snapped it as part of a cruise, which wasn't going to turn back. There's enough here to suggest that something was alive and animate in a place in Loch Ness where you wouldn't expect anything, unquote. Now, I don't completely agree with that. Now, uh, you're not good. Yeah, on on the average, fish are going to be in those spots, which he says. But uh, on occasion, uh, things will move. Uh, Fish will um, go out of their natural spot for, for moments at a time. And just because it wasn't there again doesn't mean it wasn't. Uh, some sort of reflection or a bunch of fish together, which is usually what these sonar readings are. Uh, it doesn't mean it was a, a Loch Ness monster or something like that. Now, of course, it's possible. But logically speaking, uh, more than likely just a fish. But uh, could have been a log floating as well. Um could be a reflection from something, a rock or other debris, or a, like I said, a, a log that's just not quite floating. It's just heavy. It's just deep down there in the water. There's all kinds of stuff at the bottom of these lakes. Um, but who's to say? And again, you know, it's it's funny too that he says that uh, uh, to go over the spot a few minutes later. Yes, that that may verify that whatever was there isn't something stationary, which is important. You could rule that out. However, um, it's weird. It's strange that you would think that these cruises uh, wouldn't turn back and to say, hey, my gosh, we might have discovered the Loch Ness Monster. Maybe we should turn around for a second. Uh, But no, it just kept going on its way toward the the lock. I mean, it's, I don't know, you'd think that uh, that would be an important thing to uh, turn around and look, but uh, apparently not. Uh, So in 2021, there was a total of six official sightings with an additional 10 claimed on the webcam. So uh, he's gone and uh, kind of separated those. Uh, Gary Campbell, that is, uh, separated the webcam sightings from the actual real-life sightings. And uh, even though this sighting wasn't really live. It was off of sonar, so we didn't really see anything. 
um, it's uh, still considered a live sighting, which is weird, but yeah, it doesn't matter what happens. There's always going to be a Loch Ness monster sighting. And I've always said you could drain Loch Ness. You could have it empty. It could dry up for 10 years and fill it back up with water and people will still see the Loch Ness monster. And, um, I don't know. I, I think more of the world believes in the Loch Ness monster than people out there. Most of the people that see this are either tourists or people who make uh, pretty much their living looking for this thing or have quit their jobs. They just kind of hang around the lock. Uh, but mostly tourists are the ones seeing this thing. I don't think anybody, <clears throat> I don't think anybody really cares that uh, lives in Scotland. It's although it is a huge moneymaker. So of course, you know, you're going to perpetuate that because uh, it does bring in, Dollars. So it makes sense. Pun intended. And, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff pops in on social media. We see a lot of stories. We talk about social media every single week about these stories popping in and out, uh, originating on social media. And this next story is no different. Uh, so we've got, uh, let's see, Twitter. I use Twitter. That's kind of for showing, uh, sharing short news. You know, you only limited number of characters. Uh, there is no uh, edit button. Come on, Elon, get on that. Uh, it's for sharing uh, short news information or, of course, opinions. Then, of course, you got Facebook. That's kind of, I guess, for information and opinions. Uh, you got Instagram. That's kind of uh, for sharing uh, who I am, where I'm at, and what I'm wearing. I guess. And um, I guess, you know, I think about it, but I guess Facebook is kind of for keeping in touch with friends and family and spying on those you, you don't like, as well as sharing and arguing over uh, opinions, as I said. And, of course, there's TikTok. I'm not a big fan of TikTok. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like the new Vine. I kind of got onto the Vine train a little too late was already dying out uh, when I got into it. But uh, TikTok is, is all the rage with the young people all over the world. Um, basically, I don't know, kind of a video form of Twitter, I, I guess. But uh, yeah, a lot of younger people using TikTok. And it's become a staple for the social media world for sharing videos. Uh, typically, the focus is on pranks, stunts, or... Uh, I guess lately it's uh, kind of like viral things that people want to copy, whether it's uh, swallowing something you shouldn't be eating or doing something uh, silly. But I guess that's kind of always been around, like planking, stuff like that. But uh, the latest viral video is supposedly, and I say supposedly because there's a little bit of confusion here, um, the latest one, I guess I should say, is out of a town called uh, Yukunda, which is in the southern part of Kenya in Africa. Uh, Kenya is on the eastern coast of Africa, kind of on the, I guess you'd kind of say southeastern coast of Africa. And the town of uh, Yukunda is uh, just south of Mombasa. 
and is a coastal town along the Indian Ocean. Uh, this video in question is said to have taken place in South Africa as well. And actually, according to research, the original video, because, uh, you know, people copy stuff and claim it as their own. Yes, I'm looking at you, YouTube. Uh, the original video was out of South Africa back on April 6th. This latest one is uh, really generating a, a lot of views right now. And uh, <clears throat> it's been copied a few times. So it's not the original. Uh, the short video shows what appears to be a fish lying in the sand. And uh, you, you kind of tell it's on a beach. You see some people standing around, and then you see this fish-like thing. Uh, the camera slowly pans upward, and you see the uh, uh, the fish is kind of moving. You see the little uh, little parts and pieces moving around like fish do. Uh, it wasn't really actively moving. I was probably in the process of dying, it looks like. Uh, but then the camera continues to pan up, and it looks like a person, the top of a person. Yes, I'm describing a mermaid, a real live mermaid, or it looks like a uh, real live mermaid that looks like it's dying. Or is it? Now, over the video, which I can't stand that on TikTok. That's the one thing I can't stand about TikTok. They always put words over everything. Uh, you see the words, uh, do you believe that real mermaids exist? And um, that's a good question. It's kind of hard to answer. Uh, so mermaids, I'm sure you know what a mermaid is, but uh, they've been believed in and talked about for about 7,000 years. And I guess you could say uh, they're the first viral cryptid in the world. Uh, these were talked about stories, people traveling to... Uh, different lands over those 7,000 years, talking about uh, their local stories of seeing mermaids and mermen, sirens, and all the other names for these creatures. Thanks, Starbucks, uh, for perpetuating that. Um, now, back to this video before I get too sidetracked. Uh, officials in both locations, so South Africa uh, and Kenya, um, Officials there state that there's been no reports of mermaids. Of course, that would be front page news if that were real. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes when you're talking about uh, uh, some countries, news is kind of hard to um, sometimes it's hard to go viral, go worldwide without going through social media first. And sometimes there's things lost in translation. But I don't think this is the case because there are, again, no reports of mermaids being found. And even the question was asked about uh, maybe a child was attacked by a fish, which kind of looks like it. There looks like there's part fish, part person. Maybe a person uh, was trying to be eaten by a fish or something. But uh, no, no reports of that. And uh, while the video is still fairly fresh, it's pretty new, uh, it seems evident if uh, there's a lot of people looking at this thing and looking at it pretty close up uh there does seem to be uh, some evidence of digital enhancement so 
uh, it's more than likely footage of a real fish. Obviously not that big, not person size, but uh, the top half where the uh, person is appears to be digitally added into the scene. There seems to be some uh, texture issues in the sand and the hands, uh, as well as around the body, which do point to that part being added to the original scene which of the fish. But uh, no one has stepped forward to uh, claim this video, but it's going viral. It's uh, pretty much gaining a ton of momentum as we speak, or as I speak, unless you're talking, then we're speaking. And uh, we'll see. I'm sure somebody will come forward. I'm sure... Um, some digital artist will take credit because it seems like unless this is what they wanted, they want it to go viral. And that's what's happened. But, uh, God, it drives me, uh, drives me crazy when we get a story like this. So we never get the answer. Now in September of 2015, I don't know if you remember, if you listened to the show, uh, September 2015, there was a video. That was uh, shot in Poland of uh, a, a few people carrying what looked like a mermaid on a stretcher. And they, the people were wearing uh, those biohazard suits with the hood. And they were coming up a hill with uh, what appeared to be a mermaid on a stretcher. And they put it into an ambulance. And that was it. And we're all left wondering, what was that? And you figured... You know, eventually a story would come out and eventually you'd find out what happened. But that wasn't the case. Months went by. And uh, I keep a little journal. I have this. uh, I've got a folder here. that has got all these stories in it. And uh, there's a bunch of stories that uh, basically lingered for any amount of time. It didn't have a, a solution by the time I was on the air. And as weeks go by. A lot of these get crossed off, but uh, this one lasted over a year. And I finally did research on it. It was driving me crazy. And I found out that it was uh, pretty much a uh, kind of an advertisement for a local museum. And it was a living art tribute to the mermaid, which is uh, pretty popular in folklore, even in Poland. And... It uh, was just used to generate uh, local interest in this museum and ended up going viral. Imagine that. But uh, we'll keep our, uh, I don't know, we'll keep our fins crossed that we do get some information about this mermaid story. Now to UFO news, a lot of big news coming out this uh, last week and it's a lot to digest uh, but i've already chewed on it for you so we'll talk about this we'll break it down make it really simple for you and uh, kind of what i'm dubbing the wackiest story of the week uh, maybe of the year i don't know it's still it's still kind of early it's only april shouldn't make that claim yet uh it comes from the secret files from the UAP investigations by the Pentagon, which seems like we're getting a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I've been saying that for a while. I expect some more videos to be leaked 
fairly soon. But uh, this I didn't uh, didn't quite see coming. This much information or data getting leaked. So back on December 18th, 2017. That was a long time ago. Uh, the Sun Online, one of our favorite newspapers, sort of, um, <clears throat> they requested a copy of, quote, all files, reports, or video files, unquote, related to the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, also known as ATIP or AATIP or ATIP, however you want to say it. The... Uh, they use the Freedom of Information Act to get this information. Of course, it took over four years. We're talking late 2017. Four years. But uh, on March 23rd of this year, the Defense Intelligence Agency released some files, which included a whopping 1,574 pages. Oh, that's a lot. That's a few reams. That's a couple boxes of paper right there. 1,574 pages of information related to UAP investigations. And, of course, some information was withheld within the reports uh, with the DIA citing privacy and confidentiality concerns. Uh, some people would just call that cover-up. But you can't have you can't have all the information. There is some stuff that's sensitive. Come on. Uh, the information um, probably contains a lot of information we've already heard. It's already been disseminated. Uh, but this information also contains information dealing with the research into biological effects of UFOs or UAPs on humans. Uh, in particular, a report titled, Quote, anomalous acute and subacute field effects on human and biological tissues, unquote, uh, digs into the alleged in injuries suffered by human observers by anomalous advanced aerospace systems. That's like saying uh, people who got beamed by UFOs. Pretty much, uh, but not exactly. I mean, anomalous advanced Aerospace systems could be anything. It could be uh, us, uh, or I guess it could be them, uh, aliens, of course. Or, or it could be human technology that's just, uh, you know, advanced that uh, it's able to do certain things biologically to people. Uh, and there's quite a list of things that uh, people have reported Uh that allegedly happened by uh, these anomalous advanced aerospace systems. So we have uh, hair loss, headaches, migraines, fever, sensation of cold, nosebleeds, heart palpitations, breathing problems, loss of taste, loss of hearing, nausea, vomiting, dizziness, weakness, fatigue, nightmares, diarrhea, significant odors, dehydration, burnt skin, Rashes, amnesia. Oh, gosh, that sounds like just another day at work to me. Oh, but then there's uh, uh, death. How do you report your own death? 
uh, experience of telepathy and perceived teleportation. And we also have the apparent abduction and unaccounted for pregnancy. I would be concerned about that. Uh, included in the report are five sexual encounters between UFOs and humans. Now, <clears throat> when I read that, I was a little disturbing. And I hope they don't mean encounters between UFOs and humans. I, I hope they mean aliens from the UFOs and humans. Might be a little painful. Uh, there are quite a few issues with this. I mean, on the surface level, we're speaking. I mean, notwithstanding the issues of uh, biological creatures from another solar system being able to function in Earth's gravity, our atmospheric pressure, uh, we take it for granted because we live here. We were, uh, we've evolved here. You know, no matter where uh, anybody believes we came from, we've been on this planet for a while. We've adjusted to the atmospheric pressure, the gravity. And the uh, the makeup of the uh, chemical composition of the air that we breathe, and uh, a biological creature from somewhere else, more than likely, uh, would have grown in a completely different environment, maybe hard to function. And uh, obviously, there's the uh, problem with having the. Uh, well, how do I say this delicate, delicately? Uh, the right parts to engage in these uh, activities. Now, other documents include how to categorize so-called anomalous behavior uh, with encounters with ghosts, yetis, spirits, elves, and other mythical and legendary entities. I become legendary. As an entity. Uh, there's also mention of poltergeists, crop circles, and if that wasn't enough, spontaneous human combustion. That's a bad night out. Uh, also revealed within this list of issues, as well as cases involving said issues, uh, is the uh, fact that much of these claims collected have been compiled by the U.S. civilian-based research group MUFON. Yes, the Mutual UFO Network is behind a lot of this uh, newfound report. You know, you don't read that everywhere. You got to read the whole article. And I was kind of like, oh, you got to be kidding. These are just people that have, you know, put up their private experiences on MUFON's website, essentially. And um, you now MUFON just compiled all this for the government, and then the government sits on it. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't trust it. But uh, weird stuff. Uh, everyone's running with the headline about the uh, aliens and the pregnancy thing. But uh, again, I think there's a lot of physical issues with that. I don't know how that's really possible. But, uh, you know, hey, well, I don't know. Would the government pay for that if you have a baby by an alien? How do you get a hold of the baby's daddy? How do you, how do you collect money from that? 
Hmm, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how much I trust uh, MUFON's intelligent gathering. Um, you know, they're, they're money-based. They're trying they're, – it's a business. You know, they're in it for the money, and uh, they don't have uh, a big backer anymore like they used to with Bigelow. Uh, they're kind of trying to survive on their own after some uh, really bad fallout. Speaking of sexual encounters, um, so they're trying to get through. Um, and of course, this was years prior to all that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much I trust MUFON. And, uh, you know, MUFON does use, you know, g- government people and uh, civilian scientists as well to uh, gather and disseminate information. But most of their information comes via personal experiences so all this is just basically compiled from decades of people uh you know writing into mufon or emailing mufon with their casework so i don't know how much you trust that uh, but probably a little bit better than what i would trust the government to investigate on this topic as well uh leave that for put that over here we'll leave that right there uh, a story that we've heard before again and again is up next uh, usually it's a random person putting pictures of strange objects on the back of tractor trailers uh, but this time it uh, it actually comes from an organization usually you just get random people who are uh, maybe in the right place at the right time sharing pictures or video we've seen some video of strange objects being hauled on tractor trailers. Uh, but this time it comes from the Arizona Department of Transportation. Why would they be uh, talking about this? So pictures surfaced of a strange looking object wrapped in blue plastic sitting on the back of a truck along Interstate 10 in Arizona. Uh, the object had a triangular shape to it with a tail like an airplane. And, of course, many people jumped to the conclusion that it was indeed a UFO strapped to the trailer. I mean, of course. I mean, we capture a UFO. Uh, we gotta, we got to transport it, right? We can't fly it. I mean, Will Smith's out of action right now, so he can't fly it. Um I mean, if we did capture a UFO, I mean, we're just going to transport it on the back of a uh, tractor trailer in broad daylight down a uh, busy interstate highway. Just makes all the sense. I mean, sure. Why wouldn't we? I mean, hide in plain sight, right? I guess that makes sense. You don't want somebody to figure something out. You just hide it in plain sight. Until it ends up on uh, Twitter. So um, in the chat room, I popped up a picture. This is from uh, 12news.com, their broadcast. They showed this uh, side-by-side pictures uploaded on Twitter by the Arizona Department of Transportation. And they're asking folks what they think this thing is. It's a strange-looking object. The wide load trailer. At the, that point, I think it's parked on the side of the road. People are just driving by, taking pictures of this thing. 
left and right. Uh, KPNX, which is channel 12, uh, an affiliate of uh, NBC out of Mesa, Arizona, states the object they believe is a supersonic jet developed by Lockheed Martin and NASA. The jet is being developed to help find ways to break the sound barrier without creating loud sonic booms. And I remember I was, uh, I remember how old I was. I was a kid, probably uh, 11 or 12 years old, and dad's on the phone, the old, you know, corded phone that's attached to the wall. I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. I have no idea. I can't remember what I was watching back then. Probably something I wasn't supposed to watch. Watching TV. Dad's on the phone. All of a sudden, loudest boom I ever heard. I jumped up, probably uh, five feet off the couch. Freaked out. Scared. No idea what, what I heard. Um, my dad was calm as a cucumber, talking on the phone. I forget who he was talking to. And he just basically said, oh, did you hear that? And it, it took a couple seconds for the person on the phone to hear it. And, of course, they talked about it. And, you know, dad's like, yeah, sonic boom. No big deal. Don't know what it was. Could have been meteor. Could have been an airplane. Could have been a jet. Uh, maybe from NASA which is uh, down in Cleveland, flying overhead. Who knows? Uh, so this picture in the chat room shows this, uh, this uh, jet. Not quite top secret. It's called the X-59. Looks pretty sweet. I want one of these. Party on one of these. Uh, it's about 100 feet long. It's got a very long, thin nose to it. It's got triangular wings with a T-top's tail. Of course, uh, these uh, it's got these little small wings in front of the main wings called uh, canards, which is one of my favorite words. I love the, the word canard. Sticking out ahead of, again, the main wings. Uh, the development of the jet has actually been fairly public. I've seen uh, some videos about it. Uh, there's pictures of it being transported in Arizona. Uh, back in 2021, late 2021, I believe in December, as the aircraft was being taken to Texas to stress test the airframe. And all that was public knowledge. But, of course, you know, people see this. They put it on social media. And, of course, it's a cover-up or it's something, um, you know, sinister or uh, whatever. But uh, this is pretty cool technology. Uh, if we can develop... Uh, aircraft that can travel uh, beyond the sound barrier without creating very large sonic booms. They can travel lower in the atmosphere. Uh, we can travel faster. We can get to where we want to go a lot quicker, which would be really nice. Of course, we had some, used to have some planes like that. Thanks, France. Uh, that didn't work out so well. But um, who knows? Maybe uh, some advancements around the corner. And, uh, yeah, maybe that's good. Uh, be a nice Learjet, I think. be fun to fly in that thing. Uh, another story that we've heard before, uh, time and time again, it's, it's kind of, uh, dare I say, irritating at times. 
Um, it's often repeated sighting around the world. I've seen plenty of stories with this. Uh, Facebook was the site of posts of a mysterious gray and white plume of smoke seen in the skies in Alaska. Uh, the event occurred around 7 a.m. on Thursday, April 7th over Lazy Mountain, just east of Palmer, Alaska. Palmer is about 42 miles northeast of Anchorage in the south-central portion of that gigantic state of Alaska. Uh, the long, thin, and dark cloud had a, a strange end on it that uh, was further away from the viewer uh, with the perspective. It looks like it was going right over the top of the mountain, uh, and the perspective made it look like it was just, uh, going down past the mountain. Uh, led a lot of people to speculate and, of course, uh, panic as well. And I've got a picture of that I'll share on, or I guess, well, it, it is on the chat room. It's not really in the chat room because it's on the front of the chat room. And don't worry if you're not uh, able to listen live. Now, we don't archive it. We don't archive the chat room. Uh, however, during the week, um, I shall do my best the next few days at least i'll be out of town this weekend well, i could pre-program everything anyway but um you'll see pictures because i'll have these stories shared through my social media facebook twitter and so you can follow me on facebook at uh, parent news insider and of course twitter is at Paranews Insider. And both of those are combined. So if you favor one or the other, don't worry. They're all combined. They're all together. So you'll see it one way or the other. So this picture here, uh, you see Lazy Mountain. And this uh, cloud seems like it just goes over the top of the mountain and maybe, maybe crashes on the other side. And people were watching this cloud grow and it looked like something was falling from the sky. And of course... You know, we always jump to that conclusion that uh, it's a, a UFO. Very typical explanation, but uh, this one was a little different. Some people thought it was a, a volcanic eruption of some sort. Uh, I think that was actually just a, uh, a throwaway joke on, on Facebook. I think somebody was just kidding. And then, of course, the media saw that and made it sound like uh, it was actually somebody's thought. But I don't think it was. I think it was just somebody messing around. And um, some thought it was a, a satellite crashing. Which is, uh, I mean, I didn't see any video of this, but you know, satellites breaking up uh, would look a little bit like this. Not quite like this, but uh, sort of. Sort of. And of course, yes, the uh, typical UFO explanation of, and others speculated it could be a Russian weapon related to the conflict over Ukraine, um, which is confusing because that's, uh, you know, that's happening so close to Alaska. Not really. Uh, it's pretty far away, but yes, 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 yes. Russia is literally... 55 miles from Alaska at the narrowest distance 
on the mainland, but uh, nowhere near Lazy Mountain. That's pretty far away in Palmer. And, uh, of course, <clears throat> I was telling this story today at work. We're talking about Russia and Alaska. And you may know this. Yes, the mainland closest distance is 55 miles, but there are uh, two islands out there, uh, Big Diomede and Little Diomede. The uh, former, the big one, Big Diomede, is owned by Russia, and the latter, Little Diomede, is owned by the United States. The, these two islands are actually about two and a half miles apart. And in the winter, the water actually freezes between these two islands. And that would allow you to walk between these two islands. You could literally walk from Alaska to Russia or Russia to Alaska. So you could literally walk to Russia from the United States or, you know, vice versa, whatever you felt like doing that day. Uh, anyway. Geography lessons aside, uh, the rumors of a crashed aircraft, which were also circulating on uh, repeat on social media, uh, got the attention of the Alaska State Troopers and uh, Alaska Rescue Coordination Center. And uh, a rescue team on a helicopter made a pass around the mountain looking for signs of a potential crash. Uh, officials later stated that, quote, further investigation revealed that a large commercial jet was flying in that area around the time and that the photos and videos were taken were of this aircraft. Uh, the aircraft was contacted and reported normal flight operations on its way to JFK Airport in New York. Troopers believed the photos and videos showed a contrail from the commercial jet combined with the rising sun, which together caused the unique atmospheric sight, unquote. Um, <clears throat> again, this is a, a pretty popular explanation. It's a pretty uh, um, pretty repetitive sight. We've seen this quite a bit. Usually, uh, we see this from the angle uh, where it's a rising sun or setting sun. So the Cloud is bright orange, so it looks like it's a, a fire of some sort. Uh, so people are caught up in that. Again, it's all perspective. It's it's the angle that you see it at, and sometimes it looks like it's going from the sky directly to the ground, even though it's actually just going away from you. It fools with your perspective. And, of course, if you add in the sun, uh, which this has a little bit of an effect to it because the sun is slowly rising, so it kind of gets underneath that cloud to light it up in a way that makes it look a little bit more mysterious than what you're used to. Um, and of course, you know, there were quite a few people that once this, uh, this explanation went public, uh, people were flipping out saying, no, this, that's a cover-up. That's not true. It's got to be some kind of crashed UFO or something or a, a satellite or, or something that crashed and they just don't want us to know. But, uh, you know, sometimes the truth isn't stranger than fiction. It's just the truth. And the truth sometimes is pretty boring. But I think it's cool. I think it's neat. You can 
make what you want of it. I'm not telling you what to believe, but um, it is pretty cool to see stuff like this. I've seen uh, a few in my day, strange clouds or strange, you know, angles that you see a contrail from, and it looks kind of cool. But I'm not going to take pictures of it and claim that's a UFO because it's usually it's pretty easy to figure out what you're looking at. But uh, in this case, it'll, it'll mess with your mind. And speaking of meteors, meteoroids, and meteorites, um, space, the uh, final frontier, as uh, Captain Kirk says, we go way back again to October 17, 2017, and that's when a strange elongated object or cigar-shaped object was discovered zooming through our solar system. It was a pretty big deal. Uh, the object became known as Umamua and uh, caught the, uh, the public eye. And, you know, we talked about it at length on this show. Uh, some people, including Avi Loeb, who pretty much used that as a launching point to become pretty famous in the UFO field, uh, believed that this was a, actually a spaceship flying through our, uh, our, our uh, solar system, just flying through, just saying, hey, checking you guys out in that little ball with your pollution. Uh, scientists uh, quickly realized, due to the uh, where it came from and uh, you know the direction of its travel and the speed of the object, that this was uh, more than likely the first known object to originate outside of our solar system, which uh, caused a lot of excitement and people were a little nervous about this. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure this has happened before. We just never knew about it. You know, stuff like this, I'm sure, has been flying through our solar system. We just, again, never had the technology to uh, to see it or to document it or to figure out what it was. Uh, now, fast forward to now, a uh, a tweet. Yes, everything centers on social media on this stuff. Uh, a tweet sent out on April 6th of this year uh, shows a memo sent out by the United States Space Command of the Department of Defense, which was dated on March 1st, 2022, states another object has now been verified with 99% certainty to have originated outside of our solar system and was actually discovered back in 2014, the object in question was a meteorite uh, about one and a half feet across. That's pretty small. That's pretty decent size for a meteorite, uh, but small for an object to uh, you know really be tracked and, and documented and everything else. But uh, it was discovered on January 8th, 2014. Uh, that's because it broke up uh, near Manus Island in Papua New Guinea in the South Pacific Ocean. The object had been traveling through space at a speed of more than 130,000 miles per hour. Sometimes that feels like how fast I'm going to work sometimes. Of course, I'm following traffic 
the same time. But anyway, the speed far exceeds the velocity of meteors that uh, orbit in our solar system. So what was what's this thing in a hurry for? But uh, the scientists who discovered the meteorite had pulled data from NASA's Center for Near-Earth Object Studies database in the wake of the Umamua sighting. Uh, of course, you know, knowing that they discovered the first interstellar object, so they were curious to see if maybe they could find others. And uh, this data just jumped out at them, the speed and trajectory. So pulling this uh, this data, they found this meteor uh, sighting discovery on January 8, 2014. And they did a study, which was released on, well, in 2019 by a small group of scientists that argued with the speed and trajectory of this object, um, the, the trajectory of the orbit was most certainly an object that originated outside of our solar system. Now, one big issue was the team's paper was never peer-reviewed or published since some of this data needed to be verified. And uh, this uh, calculations of the object were actually classified by the U.S. government because of you know, this data coming from the Center for Near-Earth Orbit Studies. So, I'm sorry, Near-Earth Object Studies. Uh, whatever that means, uh, classified, I, I don't know. But uh, we'll we'll figure that out. We'll cross that bridge somehow, some way. We'll see if more information comes out. But the uh, the object was finally confirmed by the U.S. government. And the data backed up, making the small object the first known interstellar object. That's already been updated on uh, Wikipedia. Looking at Umamua, it's now the second known interstellar object. And uh, so, yeah, Umamua lost out. It's gone. It's no, no longer that uh, big thing that it was. And no, it, this was not a government cover-up. The government actually is the ones that uh, backed up this. Uh, they could have just left it alone. But they backed up this, the, uh, the data, let uh, information uh, be confirmed and it's validated. And there's also a comet known as uh, Borisov that is now the third known interstellar interloper. So uh, we've got all that. <sighs> Keep your eyes in the skies, as I always say. Wait, I'm saying that too early. Wait, we're done. That's it. So yes, this weekend is uh, Easter, so enjoy it. Keep your eye out for the rabbits. They're out there. The weather's turning. And uh, plants are growing. And uh, the hopes for a nice warm spring are here. You're ready for rain. But I know I'm excited. And speaking of that, not of rain, but of warmer weather, um, there is no show next week. I will, will be out of town taking an actual vacation getting out of the state of Ohio. So I'm excited that to get out. Uh, 2021 was the first year that I can remember 
that I never left the state of Ohio. So I've got to get out of here. So taking the week off next week, but I will see you the week after that. Got a feeling we're going to get some really big news in two weeks. I can't spill the beans. I'm not allowed to tell you, but some big stuff coming up. So again, no show next week, but for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.